Welcome to episode 10 of the Trail Currents podcast. I'm Jamil Curry. I'm Jubilee Page. This is the show that takes a deep dive into topics making waves in the running world. This week, we are talking about stepping up in race distance. Cool. And I guess this is really all because I am stepping up in race distance this week. And I haven't done that since... Oh, God. Um... I have not done that since 2007. Are you are you making a big step or a little bitty step? It's a bit of a big step. I guess Barkley was kind of a step. Yeah. Not really. It was in time, not technically distance. Yeah. But the long and short of it is I'm stepping up to the 200-mile distance. Whoa. I feel like I should have like a buzzer or like a... Beep, 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 beep. Whoa! No, that's still not working for me. So before we jump into that, we want to do (laughs) a quick read off the top of our heads for our uh, this week's sponsor of the podcast. And this week's sponsor is... Aeroviper's own Flagstaff Skypeaks. This is our brand new race for 2018. Uh, New courses for the Flagstaff Skypeaks. Flagstaff Sky Peaks up in Flagstaff, Arizona, uh, features some of the most spectacular running um, up in northern Arizona with um, a climb that goes up to 11,500 feet at the Arizona Snowbowl Ski Resort and explores a mix of single track along the AZT under canopies of color changing aspen and other varied mountain terrain. Um, that sounds amazing. The 50-mile actually actually circumnavigates the entire San Francisco peaks up there, which is going to be bananas because it's the first week of October, and that's when all the leaves change. So, I mean, come on, man. It sounds awesome. And this is a it's a brand-new race, but yeah. it has some roots. Mm-hmm. We've been putting on a mountain ultra in Flagstaff since 2012. A bunch of years, and this event was formerly the Flagstaff Endurance Runs, which became the Flagstaff Sky Race, and now it's the Flagstaff Sky Peaks. Yeah, so no longer part of the Sky Series, but it really gave us an opportunity to take, like, take a reflection and look at our courses and what we were doing up there, and kind of some some of our favorite bits of running up there and and come up with a new concept and it's going to still be an evolving concept we actually want to add a longer distance next year that will make it a really premier distance speaking of stepping up in distance that Mm -hmm. and it's going to be an an odd new distance for us it's probably going to be 120 kilometers yeah which is extremely exciting so it's kind of a great way to bridge the gap between 100K and 100 mile yeah. next year. Maybe 125K. I'm not sure exactly what we're going to come up with. But it will be a kind of like a single loop, non-repeating course that will be extremely epic. But we were just happy to get this race off the ground this year <laughs> after some permitting delays. But um, we've already got almost 40 people signed up in yeah. like a three-day time span. In a couple span. of days, yeah. And I pretty sure we're probably going to get close to 200 people i would love to see it yeah um we're really gunning for it so and we've got uh, just not not only the 50 mile but definitely um some other distances for you know all abilities so we're featuring the 50 mile definitely is that that amazing premier distance um but we also have a 50k a 25k a 10k and a 5k um all the kind of giving you a, an amazing tour of the kind of autumn fall colors um they're within all, the northern arizona they're region. all staged out of the arizona snowball ski yeah. resort so you're um, starting at like 9200 feet right and uh we have some cool names for each of the races i want to yeah. share them because it's super fun. are you excited i yeah i'm definitely stoked so we wanted to inject a little character into each distance so we've got the ring ring the sky 50 mile that's mm-hmm. the one that goes around the whole peaks we've got the Aspen Dream 50K, mm. which is along the Arizona Trail through giant swaths of Aspen groves. We've got the Quad Bomber 25K, which has, I think, it's like a 4,000-foot descent in the middle of the race. It's pretty pretty epic. You go up to 11.5 right at the beginning, and then 
You go down to, you I think, 7,500 feet. Yeah, you do. Just a direct drop. The other races... Down, like, all the way on the AZT, too. Yeah. So the other races kind of go off northbound. So mm-hmm. I think it's a little more gradual. This one's just straight This goes down. all the way down. And then uh, the 10K is the Agassiz Grinder. And the 5K is the Humphrey Hump. That's probably my favorite one. The Humphrey Hump. Just because you like to say it. It's funny. Um, so anyways, um, do we have a discount code for our listeners? Um, if you enter FSP 15, FSP 15, uh, it's 15% off, uh, any distance you choose for the next two weeks, one week, one week, two weeks. I can't remember. One to two weeks. Just check it out. (laughs) Um, if, if it doesn't work and you guys are loyal listeners, email us contact yeah. us i'll we'll figure it sure, out we'll make sure you get in we really I'll make sure the date is we're right. pumped we uh we really want to host uh, a big crowd up there this year really uh kick this new format off and we're looking forward to it i'm i'm just so happy it's taking place i was getting really scared there for a while what's gonna <laughs> happen but it's FSP all gonna work 15. out 15 um thank you guys for that and totally. let's move in now um, we should touch base real quick on last week's show, the ultra gender gap. I think this mm. was probably our most decisive topic so far. I mean, we got 12 thumbs down on our YouTube video. I mean, that just cuts you right, <laughs> right into the heart. I don't know. Um, but definitely some interesting comments. I think we got the most comments we've probably gotten. Some people definitely a little fired up. I think about the topic in general, which is always interesting. Some people, um, you know, saying things like they believe that we should give women equal opportunity, but not expect equal outcomes. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people saying, yeah, why does it matter who wants to run an ultra? You know, it's kind of open. And I, and I kind of agree with that. I mean, I think for in, in the most part, it is pretty open, an open sport. Um, But I think, for us, we were just discussing. It's still kind of disheartening to see a race where there's only 12% women. Yeah. It's like, it'd be nice to see more women participate. I mean, I, I just, think. Yeah. I, if, if they don't want to, if that's one thing. But. I mean, I just want more ladies out there. I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? And, uh, but I mean, you know, just the visibility of women and um, kind of like an equal shake out, like for, um, like the exposure, I guess. Did we talk about, had that come out yet no, about the Hood to Coast? A Hood to Coast. No, that yeah. came out right after we had finished filming and um, recording this. Yeah. I think that's that, really that the one. kind of thing that highlights. That was exactly kind of what we're about. talking about. Yeah. So if you didn't catch that story, the first place women's team at the Hood to Coast Relay, which is, I think, the country's largest relay running race. Yeah. Um, they got 12th overall. They ran something like 630 pace average for 199 miles. And they had the awards ceremony and did not recognize the women's team. And they they went up to the race founder who was there helping out. Yeah. And it's like, hey, like we... we first in the women's division just curious if we're gonna get an award and basically made a comment go tell someone who cares and it's like totally uncalled for yeah uh could have said anything else other than that like you know and that i mean (laughs) that was precisely kind of what we were talking about about recognizing you know kind of those equal efforts because i mean that's that's pretty phenomenal that these women were pretty much busting it out and came in 12th overall. And there are yeah. thousands of teams out there, like thousands of runners. Well, I think they were quick to all recognize the men and some of these other corporate yeah. teams, top corporate teams. They have all these divisions. But you know, I don't know what the <laughs> oversight or issue was. But um, the fallout was pretty swift and severe on social media. Oh, those, those women took to Twitter pretty quick. And they, um, yeah, the founder was actually ousted, which is the only pretty much the only move yeah. you can do and it's the right move to oust the guy um so i think his daughter's now in charge <laughs> of uh of that which is kind of ironic but yeah um so i don't know yeah no Thank we, you guys. We, we got a lot of good feedback a lot of yeah. i mean kind of divisive feedback really and it was it was really interesting to to hear you guys kind of call out a little bit so um yeah thank you guys for for kind of tuning in and, and yeah the other thing, Sharing I saw a, a bit of a call to arms 
on social media about the UTMB coverage, um, which I, it's hard because I didn't, I wasn't able to tune in for all 30 hours of the UTMB coverage. I caught, I caught quite a bit of it, a few hours probably here and there. Um, I mean, you were glued for the first I was few hours. Definitely, definitely. I was definitely glued for the first few. I was definitely glued for kind of the decisive stuff in the night. Um, and it, it did feature a lot of the men's race. Yeah. I will have to say, I, I think number one, I don't know that they were specifically not covering the women. I think it's obviously hard to get both. You got to give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt for that one. I think just the level of coverage, I haven't seen it this good any other year. I think this year was a big step up. I know they did some coverage last year, which was cool, but this yeah. year seemed like it was on a different level. They had helicopters. so helicopters and bikes and all kinds of Amazing. things, and it was it was pretty unbelievable. I think people were getting upset at the commentators because they weren't covering the women's race as much, yeah. but they only could only work with the footage they were given. Um, so I don't know. You could blame them. Also, I know filming races myself you do have to decide a lot of times. You've been out there covering events. You have to decide sometimes what to cover or you have to have a whole second team for the women. Well, that's the thing. Like if you're going to, you know, kind of allocate resources for coverage, you know, that's the whole, like there's going to be people who are just as interested in like the women's field and wanting to be able to follow that just as much as the men's field. So... You know. And I know that once the men came through Champelac, they did yeah. switch to the women's field. They went back to it for quite a while. But again, I I don't know. I wasn't tuning in the whole time. Um, so I don't know. And I don't know if the people that are upset um, did as well. But I mean, maybe it's just kind of like a growing year, building year. But at the same time, you know. I mean, I definitely want to see kind of resources yeah. allocated to both. Like I, yeah. you know, I I'd like to. To follow the women out there, for yeah, sure. and I know they—they, they, I don't believe they specifically excluded them. I just think sometimes it's you know challenging to get both, but um, definitely something to aim for for yeah. next year. It's just cool to see them doing that. Yeah. Um, anyways, I mean, it is level up like that. It was yeah, pretty impressive it was it was pretty for crazy what it, yeah. this year, um, and it, it's just. It's interesting because I know it's amazing for us to watch the races unfold, but for the runners themselves, imagine being filmed like the entire race if there's a guy running next to you the entire time you're out trying to run 100 miles or biking next to you or there's uh helicopter (laughs) helicopter just hovering yeah i i don't know that i would like that (laughs) well i mean you know drones are pretty controversial anyway like having drone kind of follow a runner along the trail imagine i mean it's freaking helicopter man yeah it's pretty lord Okay, well, let's move on to this week's topic, stepping up in distance. You're doing it. You're going to go do it. (laughs) (laughs) We actually, I think our most listened to episode was talking about running your first 100 miler. Yeah. Which was the episode talking about you, which you still have not done yet. Which I did not do. But you will, I'm sure. Stay tuned. We'll we'll get more into that. It's kind of a to be continued. But this is kind of a part two of that one, um, talking about what it's like to step up this will be interesting for me because i haven't stepped up in distance in a while yeah and i'm doing that in like two days time it's tuesday i start running it friday Mm -hmm. it's probably less time to the start right now than i'll be running total and you have like three and a half days to do it right it's a hundred hour four over four days four days hundred hours yeah which i don't know i think it's I don't want to do it in four days for me personally. I think it's great that they give you that much time. Yeah. That's about like 50 miles a day average. Mm-hmm. That to me is like a through hike. So yeah, it's a, yeah. I'm going to try and go faster. Kind of a fast path. I never know. Like this, this is the unknown and I, I'm probably going to implode. Who knows? But, um, well, I mean, tell me a little bit about like how you've prepared for this. I mean, what was the mindset from like, you know, you've done several hundreds uh, within your career. What made you decide that you wanted to do a 200 mile? Um, I think, yeah, maybe it's become a bit routine. I still love the 100 mile distance. Yeah. 
and I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to love the 200 mile distance or not. So I, I kind of want to get a taste of it, see what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to do some longer stuff in the future, Arizona trail. I really want to do that someday. So this is kind of a good test for that. You, you threw hiked that? A fast I, threw, I threw hiked it back in 2008. Yeah. And then one year, I think it was 2011, I tried to do a 300-mile section of the Arizona Trail, like self-supported in one go. And I made it 70 miles, mm-hmm. and then I got picked up. <laughs> so basically quit. I bailed. <laughs> um, just wasn't mentally ready. I think I was also coming off a 100-mile race a few weeks prior, so yeah. it just wasn't a good choice. Yeah, But... So yeah, I'm kind of, it is an interesting mentality. I think several months ago, I was psyching myself up for, to be very competitive at this race. And I was kind of putting some pressure on myself. I was going to train, train up real hard. And of course, life got in the way. Yeah. So I've had to really let that go. And because for me, it seems like currently the people running 200 milers, it's not super competitive yet. Um, with I mean, it's relatively new. It's pretty new. This distance, yeah, right? It's, it's pretty new and new to the U.S. So it's there's not a lot of people that have done it. Period. Yeah. And, and I it, think competitively, yeah. it's been pretty low levels of competitiveness. No offense to anyone that's done the races, but you don't see the big, um, the big names coming out quite yet. Well, Cor- I mean, Courtney DeWalter is. You know, she came out and she, demolished. She kind of made a name for herself yeah. the, at the Moab 240. Yeah. Um, but I mean, even like the the field size at these races are relatively small in comparison to yeah, I mean, kind of some of the bigger ultras. Tahoe, which is the one that I'm doing starting Friday, is the biggest one. Um, there's 250 entrants. Yeah. So we'll see how many start. It might be 200 some odd, 200 and some change starters. Yeah. For the race. Uh, so we'll see, see what that looks like. Um, but I was, I just think that someday we'll see people going sub 48 at 200 miles on trails. Yeah. Currently the records are like 59, 60 hours. So I think there's a lot of improvement to be made. Yeah. You know, kind of mark my word. Um, (laughs) I was hoping to be, maybe be that person, but this year I just had to, who knows what'll happen, but I, I mean, I've been really busy and I know that's not a great excuse, but, um, yeah, I've like three out of the past four weeks. I think I've had zero weeks. It's pretty awful. I mean, I think you started out pretty strong and, and pretty inspired, um, yeah. in your training. Yeah. I'll pull up my Strava here actually real quick. Cause I had like three, two or three 100 mile weeks in a row. Yeah. Then I had a little bit of a down week and then it was like, a few 70 plus mile weeks in a row with a lot of climbing. Uh, it was going well. And so, yeah, I had, I had like some hundred mile weeks. Then there was like some 75 mile weeks. Then I had like a nine mile week, a 45 and then back to a zero. I had a 60 mile week and then it's been 12, zero and zero. Ugh. Like, I haven't run in two weeks as of right. Like, not taken a running step in two weeks before the race. You're going to start a 200-mile journey I would never days. recommend that. It's not good. Yeah. That's not how I would prepare. Um, I mean, a side note, like, I just opened up a restaurant here in Phoenix. On top of everything else I got going on, it's a little crazy. Having a kid, having, you know, yeah. traveling, um We've got races and all kinds of stuff with Aravipa. It's, yeah, pretty crazy. So not ideal, but maybe maybe it'll turn out to be good with the right mentality. So I'm just shifting yeah. my mindset. I'm going for a long hike, and I'm going to walk every uphill. I'm going to probably walk or fast hike every flat and I'm going to jog easy every downhill. Yeah. That's literally my mentality for the first, you know, until I maybe pick up a pacer, like my like day and a half, 36 hours. That is what I'm going to do. Hopefully, I'm going to stay awake <laughs> and continue to move the first 36 hours. And if I do that, I think 
I can still get fairly far while saving myself and just using my years of experience. I think that's the best thing I can do as someone who's been around the sport a long time. I ran my first ultra. Oh shoot. I just had my anniversary out. My anniversary is tomorrow. Perfect timing. September 5th. That's awesome. That's really cool. So 2005, I ran my first. So it's like 13 years ago. Awesome. So I'm like going into my 14th year running ultras. That's crazy. And you're, and you're celebrating with 200 miles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of miles. I've done a lot of things. Yeah. If anything, I'm going to be fresh, but I'm also probably going to have to work through some things with my body going going after this I don't know do you think it's it's a little bit easier kind of like stepping up into such a daunting like distance um because of your resume because of your history um and experience I think so I mean I don't know I'm I haven't really thought about it that much yeah um good or bad it's just I haven't packed yet I I've read the race manual like I was supposed to Uh um but I have it printed out over here but um, I think I still have to get my uh, GPX track into my phone. But uh, yeah, I have a I have a crew. I'm gonna have a pacer. Skyler's coming out at some point. I think he just texted me 5 p.m. on Saturday, so that'll be uh, 32 hours into the race. Okay, I think. Yeah, 32 hours into the race. So. Yeah, I don't know how far I can get in that amount of time. Hopefully well over 100 miles by then. Yeah. Um, just kind of power hiking through it. We'll just see. Um, yeah, but on paper, it sounds like the 48-hour barrier should be broken. But I also have never done this. <laughs> and I'm definitely not – that's not on my mind anymore. I mean, all. it does seem like, you know, you kind of – like the pace overall, like an average pace would like – slow like the higher distance you go and the longer time uh that you have on course in over a hundred hours yeah i think the important thing is not going really not going too fast too early yeah because i've heard of guys that go out they run like a 20 hour hundred for the first hundred and they blow up and they blow up and end up running the next hundred in (laughs) 50 hours yeah you know, yeah, which is just crazy disproportionate. Yeah. So, I mean, if you can minimize your sleep time and keep moving, I think that you have a good shot sure. at a good time. And um, I mean, I want to finish it as soon as possible. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong; it's going to be beautiful, but yeah. I want to. I want to see what I can do for sure. But you don't yeah, want to stay con- up on your feet, moving <laughs> constantly for four days. Yeah, yeah. I, and I also <laughs> I don't want to like sleep eight, six hours every night. You know, yeah. I want to. I want to see what I'm capable of. And that's kind of the point of doing this. Sure. I've run hundreds where I've felt like crap. I've run hundreds where I felt great and it was easy. Yeah. This is going to be a mixed one. You know, I didn't, I had some great training earlier in the summer. You and, did. and I'm going to feel that at some point. At some point, I'm going to feel those miles. It might be 120 miles in and I'll just be able to cruise along. So we'll just have to see. Yeah. So. What advice would you have for people who are looking to step up? Not necessarily from like 100 to 200. Uh, maybe we can talk about that when you come back yeah, and have experienced that, that 200 mile distance. But for anybody for like who's, you know, looking to step up, you know, from like their half marathon marathon to their first ultra or um, from the 50 mile maybe to that that coveted like 100 mile ultra. Well, it's not something that you necessarily prepare for physically in training right Mm. because if you run a hundred mile race most people are not doing a hundred mile training run or even an 80 mile training run usually people will do a 50 mile race maybe a month out sure pretty typical or 100k um so you're really it's really a lot of mental i think mental is the biggest part of this more than physical um like you're going to be in discomfort and in pain Mm -hmm. for a long time and you'll just be in that place and it'll probably oscillate a little bit it'll get worse and better but yeah it's just going to be managing that managing your calories your sleep your mood your pacing kind of staying i think it's going to be hard to stay within yourself because 
you're so excited, you want to just run off the line. I'm going to let, I'm probably going to let half the field go at the beginning of the race. I wouldn't be surprised if I'm like middle of the pack coming into the first climb. You're going to start really slow and just kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to like, I think I have to. I think that's the only way that I'm going to be able to be good later in the race. Mm -hmm. If I had the training that I was hoping for, maybe I'd be able to start out stronger, but I still think it's like, would you rather walk a few miles at the beginning of the race, walk the first climb Mm -hmm. when you have a choice to early on versus be forced to walk the last two thirds of the race because you can't run any longer. Um, If you burn yourself out in the beginning, there's no hope of recovery. But I think if you pace yourself early, you could run later. I could run the last 50 miles, could run the last, all the descents in the last 100 miles of the race, mm-hmm. run the descent strong, and then hike the, the uphill strong. I would rather do that. And I think I would have a better better time at the end of the kind day. Kind of overall too. experience, probably. Yeah. yeah, I'd rather feel good than feel awful. So yeah, advice for stepping up. Yeah. I think it is a ment- it's a big mental game. Definitely. How do you prepare for something like that? Like if you've never, I mean, you know, me, for example, if I've never kind of had that headspace of, you know, a 50 mile to the 100 mile, that like that extra distance where it's like, you know, physically, like I don't know, like there's maybe a doubt or something like that and I go into a dark, dark place. Like how do I prepare mentally to get myself up and out of that? I think... You have to, I don't know if you can experience this just in your own life and you draw from that, but if you can think of experiences in your life where you've had a low moment Mm -hmm. emotionally or even physically, because it can be emotional low moments too. Those can sometimes be worse Mm -hmm. than your physical low moments because you can quit mentally and take yourself out of the game when physically you had a lot left, Yeah, but temporarily you were down, you were hungry, you were grumpy you were sad or defeated. Um, So pulling from an inspiration within yourself that a time in your life when you picked yourself back up and got after it or overcame a barrier and to know that it doesn't always keep getting worse. Like it's a thing that's said often, I feel like for Mm -hmm. ultras, but it's true. Um, You know, it's like life exists on a curve is like the best. I love hearing that. I've heard that many times where, you know, there's like the ups and downs. And a lot of times when, if you imagine a curve with a steep downhill from yeah. a high point, it's going to, when it's at that steep pitch, you fall off quick and you think that you are just going to keep going forever until you're, you're dead. <laughs> um, but at some point, like it, sh- it starts to shallow out when you're hitting that lowest point mm-hmm. and then it, but it does take a while to kind of gain the momentum to get out of that, whether that's um, taking a short break or stretching it out or taking in some f- calories and some food and some w- caffeine or something to pull yourself out, but then it can also get better quickly as well. Mm-hmm. So just kind of understanding that there's going to be natural ups and downs in a race of that distance um, because it's just so long and so much time and so many variables, but that you can push and get through it. That's what I've experienced. Are you going to draw on any of your uh, personal experience that you've maybe had at Barkley, um, considering it's maybe some of the longest hours that you've spent out on course? Man, that's tough to think about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, yeah, I think so. Part of it, too, I think I'm going to have a good playlist of music on Mm -hmm. on my phone as well. I think maybe through the night especially i'm going to i'm going to use i think i'm going to use some you're going to use music you don't normally use music out on the course i mean since oh I've, shoot i think yeah i'll have to see how that's going to work i think i have some wireless earbuds that i just got yeah but i'm like i think the headphone jack on my phone doesn't work anymore i mean since i've known you though like anytime that you've done a race you don't really lean on music out no, on course i no not very often i used to here and there but yeah i think for something this long i think it it it'd be a nice thing to have do you have a go-to song i mean i listen to ed a lot of edm music yeah like marshmallow little marshmallow 
or uh, Skrillex or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, D- Diplo or something. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it, it have, having a good beat and something that can like pump me up. It's just maybe that pace that kind of. Well, and it's funny yeah. too because I think I only have like a couple of artists. I think those couple artists downloaded on my phone through Spotify. Yeah. So whenever I'm out course marking for long hours, you know, eight, nine, ten, and twelve hours by myself. Um, which actually, it is funny. Like time does once you get out there and get going, time kind of does fly by. Yeah, it's kind of really, and that's maybe what this will be. It'll be like you're in a time warp for two days or yeah. three days, but the time can really get get going on you. Um, but I listen to like the same a lot of the same music, and it's funny because I'll listen to some songs and it literally will bring me back to like middle of the night course marking on the mogion course up on top of the rim on the cabin loops just listening to like these certain songs and it's kind of cool yeah so maybe i'll draw draw from that a bit too um and hey i won't have to carry like huge amounts of flags i think you're gonna miss it and um, those flags and even looking back on like the arizona trail i think drawing upon that it's like day after day of just relentless forward progress Um, you can't, it's hard to, you can't wrap your mind around this concept of going. It's hard. I can't even do it for a hundred miles. Mm. 50, I can kind of get it. Um, a hundred is hard to wrap your mind around and, and 200 is just impossible. So you really have to break it up. Yeah. It's not like you can even think like, oh, only 30 more miles or only, you know, three more hours because that is not you have 20 miles in between aid stations here. Right. You can you can't even really break it up by aid station because it's it could be a 4 or 5 hour run just Before to get, get to, to your next aid, right. which is crazy. Um so yeah, I think it, it's it's just kind of like enjoying the moment that you're in is what you have to do because right. it's not ending soon. It, the finish line is not near when you're going these long distances and it's crazy because yeah there it's a big step up it's 100 to 200 it's doubling already what is conceived as the gold standard of the sport and it's just a i think it's a different mentality i don't quite know what to expect i'm going into the unknown literally i don't know i haven't done anything quite like this i've done you know the day after day where it's you Mm -hmm. sleep each night and it's kind of a reset but this i'm I don't, I want to try not to reset. Like I want to go as long as I can and just see what happens Yeah. and try and push through. Yeah. Like if I can push through that first night and see if I can go through the next day, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I'm going to have to sleep at some point. I just don't know when or where that'll be. Yeah. Are you excited? I mean, is no. this like an exciting <laughs> premise no. at all? No. No. Uh, I just feel very, I feel stressed about uh, everything else that's going on in my life. Yeah. I feel like this is... Um, I'm, I feel unprepared and how would you prepare differently? Like if you could kind of, you know, have that perfect timeline and kind of training block, um, you know, how would you prepare differently? Like what would the last two weeks that you've currently missed look like? Um, I could pull up my, my training document that I, (laughs) did you create one? You did create one. Yeah, I got to f- try and find it. I'm not sure where it went. Um, basically, I was hoping to put in a lot more volume uh, ahead of race day. Like miles or climb? Miles for this race. Yeah. Because it doesn't have a ton of climbing. Like just like time on feet, basically? They climb. Well, that's the interesting thing, actually. No, miles. Like just miles. miles. Okay. Like like I was only, I was wanting to do 100-mile weeks. Okay. Like a bunch of them. Yeah. Be consistent in, in and out every week, 100-mile weeks, and then a big practice run of 80 to 100 miles five to six weeks out. I was going to run a 100-mile race, mm. but I just couldn't. I just couldn't justify the cost and the time to go do it. Um, in hindsight, it would have probably been good to do. It would have been good to also put in the training, but <laughs> that's okay. I Like I said, I've, I've adjusted my goals. I was talking a big game earlier in the year mm. um, to some other guys, and it's just kind of uh, – it is what it is at this point. Um, I don't know. Um but time on feet is interesting because, and just 
being awake, like opening this restaurant, I've been on my feet, you know, I'm on my feet all day. Yeah. I'm walking around, I'm standing, I'm, you know, doing physical things. It's not like I'm not um, being active or engaging my mind. You know, we're, I'm staying up till, we're open till 2 a.m. We got to close down. I'm, I'm up till 5 a.m. Yeah. And then like trying to go right into the next day. So yep. definitely exhausted, which um, that's going to be a hard part of this is I'm not extremely well rested going into it. Mm-hmm. I didn't like, you know, become a monk and go off caffeine for two months before race day or go off alcohol uh, or anything. But so I'm just I'm literally rolling with this. I think I'm. I'm almost living a 200-mile lifestyle anyways, <laughs> really. Like, it's just day after day, you grind it out, you, you crash, you get back up, you keep moving forward. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what, it's 11.50 right now. I've probably got four hours of work to do. Right. 11.50 p.m., I've got four or five hours of work to do <laughs> to roll into tomorrow, and then I, I head out. So um, I think... Yeah, hopefully I can get some sleep Thursday night. Maybe mm-hmm. get twelve hours before I head out, and then just just have to go into it and um, utilize a lot of caffeine. <laughs> I've got a bunch of run gum coming. There you go. It's good beer, isn't it? So that time, thirty-seven minutes. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the mentality. Um. I think ideally going into a race like this, yeah, I would have wanted more consistent training. I would have wanted a lot more rest going into it. Just consistency and rest would be nice. Um, but just is what it is. Yeah. So, but yeah, there's, um, there's 239 people registered for the race, so... I'm most scared of Courtney, for sure. She's going to get you. <laughs> I just don't see how I have any shot. Um, if I can be anywhere near her, I don't know what, what pace she's going to start out at. It would yeah. be super cool to just chill and run with her. Yeah. But if she's if she's pushing it at all, like I just can't do it. So I don't, I don't know what her strategy is for these longer races. I mean, um, it's got to be the sweet tarts, right? <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna have to get some a lot of candies. Right? I was gonna say you gotta get that candy, yeah, maybe yeah, a candy yeah. necklace, right? Mm, mm-hmm. Nice, <laughs> but um, yeah, it should be an interesting time. It's definitely. What else you got for me? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, trying to think of other things, other tips, other tricks for stepping up. I think just other things in general when approaching longer races is like familiarity with the course understanding Mm. it like hey look at the course map i've made mistakes going into new races just in general of not really doing that research and i'm in danger of not doing it for this race right now because i haven't i was looking at the course map today actually and i noticed that there are quite a few out and backs to aid stations so that's good to know because when you get to that all-important junction you don't want to blow by it. And I've done that in races, and it cost me the win at a race one time. Yeah, because the, the course is going to be marked straight through that turn. Was it at Angeles Chris? Yeah? It was at San Diego 100. Oh, San Diego. Yeah, there was a, an aid station literally a quarter mile off the trail. And I got to the junction, and there was just an orange flag right past the turn. And there's nothing that denoted go right. Yeah. And I just went straight through. I ran three miles down trail until I caught up with the guy ahead of me. And I was like, hey, where's the Todd's Cabin Aid Station? He's like, oh, it was like way back there. So I turned around, went back, checked into the aid station. I lost over an hour. Mm. And I uh, I missed the win by five minutes at the end of the day. So not good. And I do not want to add a single meter extra of running to a 205-mile race. <laughs> it's not even 200 miles. It's 205.5. So I don't know. I don't know how they couldn't figure out how to cut five, five miles. Five. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw an area at the beginning of the race that you could easily cut five miles off this course. Yeah. So, Candice, if you're out there listening, uh, what gives? Like, why do we have to do 205? I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure you can I mean, find... Moab is 240. 
you know, talk about that's some. That's a whole. I'm not doing that one. So it's a whole different conversation. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it was well within the possibility to make this 200 flat. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to be all for that when I'm at mile 195, thinking, yeah, I could be done in five, but I'm not going to be done until 10, and that's going to be great. <laughs> I just have to disassociate the mind with the body for a little bit longer, I guess. Yeah. But oh well. I mean, it is what it is. It's the course, and. And I'll be out there. What's your cap? Bonus. Like, where's your your step up, like, shelf, basically? Where's that end? What's the step up shelf? Like, you've done all the other distances, and you've done 100, and then stepping up to... if I did a 200, you're saying? Yeah. Like, is, you know, is there a 500 in your... your... The Arizona Trail. Sure. That'd be 800. That would be 800. And I'm just te- saying, like, what's your what's your limit of eight hundred? The Arizona Trail is AZT. my limit. I don't want to do the Appalachian. I don't want to run the Appalachian Trail. I don't want to run the Pacific Crest Trail. I want to run. I want to run the Arizona Trail. Definitely. There's no hesitation when I say that, right? <laughs> there is no no. <laughs> Except when I say right, and you're like, huh? What? Okay. Um, yeah, I definitely would like to do that. So, but I mean, really, I do think this will be a great training for Barkley. Yeah. I mean, that's still the goal. So I think this will be, this will likely be take, this will take as much time as a Barkley five loop finish would take. Pretty I mean, mu- pretty much guaranteed. Yeah. At least, currently the at course, least 60 hours. Currently right? the course record is 59 hours, I think, there for this go. race. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I can hope and dream, but who knows? Like, yeah. I could be, I could be under 59. I could be, 72 i could be uh, ultra sign up has me as 83 11 that's what they're predicting for me um with my amazing 72 percent ranking whoa when they're predicting the winner is going to do 64 57 ryan wagner from north dakota i don't even know a lot of these guys running i feel like it's a different it's kind of a completely different crowd yeah you don't see the kind of the same like names out there for all of the hundred mile that familiarity. Yeah, like it's just maybe a completely different beast because there are people who repeat and do multiple two hundreds for the year. Yeah, like this guy who's at the top of the list. He's doing he's doing the triple crown thing. He got fourth at Bigfoot in sixty five hours. Mm. I mean, we could pull up actually. It'd be interesting to pull up the top times for the Tahoe. And we are, I guess we're running in reverse this year. That's a thing. It's the five-year so, anniversary celebration yeah. of, you know, magic. It's It turns around every five years. I don't actually know if that's true. Uh, yeah, I guess that's <laughs> to be seen. But, I mean, for instance, you know, there's been three three people in the history of the race to break 60 hours. So I'm looking at, in all likelihood, two and a half days minimum here. Mm for this event um yeah the top 10 times like 64 hours so break the top 10 all time 64 hours pretty mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's definitely yeah, a long time to be out there and um yeah it's an interesting list because i don't know a lot of these guys on this list i recognize well sean nakamura last year yeah and then yeah. um victor ballesteros he ran it in 2014 so um yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens there? Is Curi- this curious? The women's time. Susanna Bond in sixty-seven hours. I mean, that's pretty. Is much- this Courtney's first go at the Tahoe? Yeah. So pretty much guaranteed that we're going to see a women's course record. She will likely break the men. I would not be surprised if she breaks the men's record. A fifty-eight hours outright yeah. by a, a margin. Wouldn't be surprised based upon her Tahoe time, which I think was Moab fifth or Moab time, which I think was fifty-nine hours for two hundred. 40 miles right meaning like if you subtract that 40 miles out or the 35 extra she's probably gonna do like low 50 hours here. yeah like you would kind of expect that i don't know if any of the guys can do that which is super cool that's totally rad um um i think when you're stepping up in distance from 
just along the way, maybe we can talk about that a little bit because this is supposed to be more than just about my Tahoe experience. You start out with like a 5K or a one mile. It's like, okay, you're just sprinting and then you're I pacing mean, yourself a little bit. Do you ever remember like when like a 5K seemed impossible? Never impossible, but... No, but I mean like, you know... We, I, don't, I don't know like if I that ever time, viewed it that way. No? mm because that was my experience. Tell me about your experience. <laughs> I want to hear it. Yeah, what's no. your experience stepping up? Because, I mean, previously I wasn't a runner. You know, I wasn't, uh, I did different kind of athletics. Um, you know, I like tennis and volleyball and, um, but never really, especially not long distance running. I wouldn't had thought that I could do um, anything beyond a mile uh, that was required in like physical education or something like that. Um but it was just a really interesting, like, the the premise of doing three miles straight in a row was just like, oh, my God, <laughs> running's impossible. Um, and I think I still, you know, it, it wasn't that long ago that I started running. So, I mean, it like, I can still remember when that, like, 5K or 10K and then, like, you know, the half marathon was just like oh i'm gonna do this epic distance of 13.1 was a big deal to me um and you know a few few years later oh look at me oh no going after the ultras sure i think as you step up the you have to kind of add you add these new elements and layers that didn't exist at the lower levels yeah or like the shorter distances i mean yes the physical and the mental aspect but you step up to a half marathon from a 10k yeah all of a sudden you need to start worrying about calories yeah and even more important in a marathon and then you step up to a trail 50k or something and i mean not only is it maybe more technical than a road but you're out there even though it's only maybe five more, a lot of people step up from a marathon to a 50K. Like I Which went, I kind of yeah. jumped across that yeah. barrier, but um, I think I know I jumped from the marathon to the 50 mile, but regardless, um, you maybe it's only five more miles, but time wise, it's going to be a lot more. You got like a lot more two, on your legs. Three more yeah. hours because it's slower terrain usually. Yeah. Um, so you're having to kind of consume even more food. Right. Um, once you get into 100 mile, you're starting to deal with sleep deprivation because you're having to go through all, the entire night. With a 200, it's even more extreme because you're doing two full nights mm. no matter what. Like no one's getting through there without two entire full nights. And then like if you're lucky, you'll finish before the third starts. But some people are like the third night and then the fourth night. Like that just... It becomes a pretty wild cycle. Mm. Um, and so all of a sudden, sleep management and planning becomes a key component of the 200-mile. I mean, it's, it's you know, something that we don't necessarily see at most races. Um, you know, the 200 miles, I mean, we just read through kind of the um, runner's manual. They have sleep stations. In addition to the aid stations, there are actual, like, places and stations set up where you can you can sleep up to five hours. Right. Yeah. And then they kick you out. And then they kick you out. Um, and you have to, yeah, you got to bring your own sleeping bag too. You yes. have to like plan to have a sleeping bag <laughs> in your drop like, bag. You're like, basically, you're wild. planning a, a slumber party like out in the middle of the forest somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So that's, <laughs> that's interesting. And I don't know, I, I, I'm not a good example. I've not, I'm not preparing well for this and I don't know how yeah. that's going to pan out, but. I'm just going to kind of like send it kind of like <laughs> just step up to the line, throw some stuff in my pack and just go and hope for the best. I mean, I think you do have kind of that, um, you know, the benefit of experience um, in your back pocket there. So, I mean, I think that'll that'll do you well. Um, and yeah. I mean, you do have like you have a plan. My mentality, yeah, I think my mentality is all right. It's it's very much my hard rock from last year mentality, right. knowing, hey, I'm not not super prepared for this, so I'm going to respect the distance. But I got a little carried away, like at mile 70, 
yeah. racing my brother into Telluride that yeah. I paid the price for in a pretty severe way. But I just need to really not do that this time. Yeah, <laughs> he's not running, so I, I was going to say safe. Nick's not out there. But so. um, but I might want to run with Courtney, and I can't. I just can't let that happen. I just need to. If we end up near each other, cool. Um, if not, just gotta do my thing. Um, you know that worked out well for Xavier at UTMB this last week. So he ran his own race, and uh, everyone else burned themselves out, and mm-hmm. he was feeling great at the end. So it's cool. Um, what else about stepping up? Anything you can think of? I mean, I have yet to really do you have more thoughts about stepping up again to 50 mile is still the longest you've done no 50k oh 35 mile oh 35 mile yeah yeah right yeah you've attempted 50 miles right the one time yes at old pueblo yep okay and the race you're doing coming up in october you don't know the distance of that one um, I think that's going to be closer to like a 50K. Okay. Yeah. So do you have a 50 mile targeted? Not really. I mean, like everything about my year kind of like just didn't pan out. Yeah. And, you know, I just kind of chalk it up to, I mean, there's just a lot of things that just happen and kind of get in the way and then, you know, just kind of plans fall through. And um, so, yeah, my, my running calendars kind of went pot really for 2018. Um, but I kind of want to throw some like, you know, I've got uh, a race in November, and then um, I think I want to make the McDowell Mountain Frenzy 50K, like, my annual, like, I'm going to go back for that race every year, um, just because it's a nice, cool weather 50K. I like the Pemberton Trail. It's really fun. So cool. it's a it's a good time. But, yeah, I got to, I don't know, maybe not, like, pack my calendar with all of these things that I get really excited about and get amped up because I get inspired and then, um, and then just kind of race directing and everything that, you know, I mean, I'm committed to like at least 16 races a year, right? but I'm not (laughs) running them. (laughs) Um, so it's just, a like, maybe I just need to pick one race and focus on that and figure out a way to get it done. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't even sure I was going to go through with Tahoe, honestly. Yeah. As of uh, about a week ago, I was really feeling like this may not be a good idea. Um, just kind of feeling unprepared with not running and everything I've got going on. I was thinking maybe it's just not the right time. But then I kind of, I was kind of like, I, ra- I just had my pep talk with myself. It was like the first of probably many pe- pep talks to come in this journey towards a finish and like i don't know i'll I'll stand here right here and say like i will finish this race Mm -hmm. um like i'm confident i will finish um even if it takes me 99 hours like i will get this thing done i will finish this race so but to get between here and there that's a long journey that i don't fully know what to expect um and that was just like the first of probably many hurdles. Um, but I told myself, you know, this is, I think an opportunity that I would regret not taking at the end of the day, if I pulled the plug and, and kind of, yeah. And just in this instance for me, um, I would just regret it. And if I'm not making time for stuff like this here and there, and I, I can't do a lot of races per year yeah, with everything we've got going on, yeah. you know, 30 plus events. And I try to be at as many of them as I can be. Right. I maybe miss two to three per year. Um, granted, I don't have a full role at each one. Like sometimes I literally pop in to take photos for three hours and I leave. Yeah. But, but you have a role at most of the races that much, we produce. Yeah. Pretty much every event. Yep. Some role and physically be there for, you know, yeah. As much of the races I can be. Um, definitely but yeah i if i'm not getting at least a couple and i haven't even run a hundred miler this year that's true that you got really close there at hard rock over the summer i was like Um, next in line so and that's kind of i don't know how i feel about that right now that i because i there hasn't been a year since i've started ultra running yeah or since i started running hundreds 
you know, seven that I've, Missed. I've run a hundred miler every single year. And I don't know that I want this year to go by without a hundred, without a hundred mile finish. Meaning I have to look at the calendar. We still have Havilene a hundred coming up in October. I will not run that race, oh, okay. but, um, <laughs> It's because it's just too, it's too big and important. I need you actually. Yeah, I, I can't, it's that, that event is so insane. It's, it's so big. It, and it's, it's an all hands on deck. It really I, is. I would have to put in for our lottery. It, yeah. We have, we now have an internal employee lottery, employee lottery for premier races. So I would have to, and I would not take special credence for that one. I would enter the lottery like everyone else. Yeah. Especially that one. I did take dibs on Black Canyon before the lottery thing was announced. Yeah. So we'll see if I, hopefully I can run that one. If not, I will. I think you're already registered. Seat. You're already I registered. I registered before it opened, but. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. I didn't really run it by anyone. Anyways. Um, you want to run it by me now? Yeah. Can yeah. I run Black Canyon? All right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should run 100. I have to look at the calendar. And I don't even you've, know. I don't even know if there's time. You've got a few months. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, an officially sanctioned hundred every year. I don't know because I don't think a two hundred miler counts. That's different distance. Oh, it's a whole nother. Like I, I should have done Grand Mesa probably. Yeah. That was my, that was on my list. But you know, it was too insane. It was all too insane. So step one, Tahoe, and then uh, I'm doing a hundred k in China in October. I saw that on the calendar. That looks totally rad. And uh, that's actually a Western States qualifier. So that's that's how I'm getting my Western nice. States qualifier. Right. It's pretty funny. But um, cool. I'm gonna have to look at the calendar and see if I can if I can dip into like a December hundred. Yeah. That's probably when I would have to do it. Nice. Like second, third week in De- December fifteenth or something. Whatever that is. I don't even know what's available. I mean, you Chimera would, or something. That's in November. You wouldn't want to run like a multi-day, like across the years type of thing. Technically, you could get a hundred miles within. That's not a to me. That's not a hundred mile race. No, that's a twenty-four. It's a timed race. race. It's a fixed time. It doesn't yeah. count, in my opinion. Mm. From the way I, you can count it. I don't count it. Like my For first one hundred mile race was a fixed time race. Was it not? Was Angeles Crest one hundred? Oh, okay. I did run 100 miles in 24 hours at across the years prior to that. But to me, that it's just different. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's just the way you classify things. Like, if you want to count that as a 100 miler for yourself, go ahead and do it. Um, but to me, that was a 24 hour race where I happened to get 100 miles. It's, I'm weird. I, I mean, care. I I think I, it's a, I, would, I think it's a hundred miler. Okay, like, personally, but I mean, I would prefer to not do it at a fixed time race. Yeah, I would prefer to do it at a a hundred miler race. Anyways, okay, it's, I don't know. <laughs> this is just where we're at. We're going down this road. For some oh reason. no! Um, there's guys doing insane stuff in the sport right now, though. There's this guy Walter. Have you heard of him, Walter Hanlover? I okay, think. I was gonna. He's say. running. You're like who? Who are you talking about? Walter. He's you know regist- Walter. He's of course doing Tahoe. He's like re- pretty new to the sport. Yeah, but he is doing everything. Walter Hanloser. He's from St. Louis Obispo. He's mm. like he's 36 years old. He's trying to do like 50 100 mile races next year. He ran his first 50k in 2015, and he's just going balls to the wall right now. Um, dig it. He, I mean, I, I'm just going down this road right now. His so, his calendar, what's that? Yeah, go ahead. His calendar he's signed up for on Ultra Sign Up right now is like he's doing Tahoe 200, then Baldy 100 miler, Saddleback Marathon, Moab 240, Trip uh, Haveline 100, Franklin's 200K, Lone Star 100, which is three days after the 200K, Jackpot. He's trying to basically next year. He's trying he's to do a hundred every weekend, oh, or more than one weekend. Apparently, yeah. Like if you do a two hundred k and then you do a hundred miler, I just don't know how that's like physically possible. I mean, that's maybe insane. we should talk to him about stepping up to God. distance because within three years he's just kind of you're right. He's just cranking it, you Holy know, crap. and he, he's pretty good too. I mean he he got third at Ure and ninth at Bigfoot and twelfth at High Lonesome. He's mm. 
it's a pretty strong runner, and um, he's just cranking him out. He's cranking out those hundreds. He actually hasn't done that many hundreds. It's, in, yeah, interesting to see that mentality where it's like, okay, I've done, you know, I don't know. Uh, he's maybe done like 10, 8 to 10 100 milers over the last three, couple of years, two years. Hmm. Ran his first 100 at Run Rabbit in 2016. It's like two years ago. Yeah. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to do 50 of these. I'm going to go every weekend I'm going to do this. Like that's wow. That's that's pretty Just wild. Just to kind of keep that cuz like keep I it going, keep that base. <laughs> I like do one right or two per year and I'm wrecked. Yeah. For a while. It's like I'm not running for a while. <laughs> like take a couple <laughs> weeks off. Um and then my next ultra will be like 3 months later. Yeah. It's like call me in the morning. <laughs> Call me in a month. Anyways, um, kudos to you, Walter. Way to go, Walter. We'll see it, Havelina. We'll see you. See you soon. Um, yeah, tangents. <laughs> tangents. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. So, anything else? I don't know. Do you cover it pretty well? Sure. Um, let us know what you guys think about stepping up in distance what are i do have one question so like there's kind of like this old school like where you i mean when you just said like i'm gonna respect the distance like it kind of just triggered like a kind of this old school mentality of like you you take the steps right or is it like you make whatever jump you want so i ran a 5k last week i'm pretty sure i'm ready for a 50 mile go like do you make would you advise like major jumps if you kind of feel like you're ready to do it? Or is it kind of that like, no, take your time, respect the distance, take those baby steps all the way up until, you know. I think it just depends. Yeah. I think it, on your desire level, maybe your age and experience sometimes. Like we talked about like kids running ultras. Now maybe not go right from a 10K to a 100 miler. Um, like maybe a couple more steps. Sure. But, but do I think that you need to go do you know, a marathon, then a 50K, then a 60K, then a, a 50 mile, then a 100K, then a 120K, then a 100 mile? No. Mm. I think you can jump up. Um, I think anyone that's done a half marathon could train up and do a 50K. I think anyone that's done a marathon can go do a 50 miler. Um, maybe do at least one of those before you try 100. Sure. I think would just be setting yourself up for success because you'll learn things that you didn't know. And like we said, too, as you build up, you encounter these new obstacles like um, having to eat, mm. having to man it, carry stuff and have a pack, having to run at night and have to carry a headlamp and a flashlight, having to run through the night and deal with sleep deprivation. All these things that add up yeah. that you can get a taste of it as you go up in distance. But I don't think there has to be a formula. But respecting the distance, I think, is a little different of a concept where... Mm. Yeah, even if you jump up, still respect the distance, meaning, you know, don't go balls to the wall like a marathon pace in your first 100 miler. Probably not going to turn out well. Mm. Ease into it, respect it, and um, it'll have a lot to teach you along the way. And if you want to learn the lessons the hardest way possible, then sure, go out really fast. But um, yeah, that's it. Cool. Uh, yeah, so let us know what you guys think. We'd love to hear from you about stepping up. What are, and we can maybe even touch base and pull up comments next show. Yeah. At the beginning of the show, yeah. and we'll answer your questions on there. I think it'd be really fun. I kind of like that little interaction a little bit. Do you have fears about running, stepping up in distance, or are you just excited? What... What do you guys have planned out? You know, are you considering a 200? If those of you that have run 100 miles, would you do a 200? Mm. And we can also talk about my experience next week as well. Kind of want to revisit that. Yeah. 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 So um, anything else? Have fun out there, man. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm already like, yeah, we'll talk about it next week. It's like, oh, it's going to be over by then. Holy crap. This is scary. <laughs> it's coming down to the wire. Stop and take a photo. You know, it's a really um, blue lake out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be pretty. I did see there was like a plane crash in the area that started a fire. So oh. hopefully that doesn't impact the event. 
that would be unfortunate. I mean, I would hope that, you know, race management would kind of uh, be in the know with those kind of things. Yeah, if I saw it. Impacted it the... I think it just happened today. Max Romy, yeah. who's a videographer with Solomon, he's going to be out there for the race, probably filming Courtney. Um, he was, like, posting a story where there was, like, smoke in the sky. It was like, Goodness. crap. I think it's been pretty nice and clear mm-hmm. near Tahoe. The rest of California has been, like, a disaster, so... I really don't want to have to run through smoke smoke or have the race threatened by fire. So Um, anyways, thank you guys for tuning in to the Trail Currents podcast, episode 10. And once again, we want to thank the Flagstaff Sky Peaks for sponsoring this race. And be sure to check it out and use that discount code FSP15 on Ultra Sign Up. Hopefully we'll see you October 6th in Flagstaff. And uh, once the race is over... Come and join join us for a beer at Mother Road or something. Totes.